Hi there, and welcome to the Oompal.com podcast. I'm Oli, and for episode number 54, it is my pleasure to bring to you a chat with a Canadian pipe maker simply known as Gio. His name is Giovanni Placentile, and at the most recent West Coast Pipe Show, I was able to take a peek at a nice grouping of his work, and I can tell you, Gio makes gems. But don't take my word for it. Pick one up and see for yourself. This podcast was made possible by Cup of Joes. With remarkable selection and service, you really can't go wrong with Cup of Joes. Go check them out, cupofjoes.com. As many of you already know, Cup of Joes is one of my retailers, and they do carry my monstrosity line of pipes. At the time of this recording, they even have a few low-number zombies available, so go grab them while you can. From Monstrosities to Dunhills, from Lucianos to Petersons, from Radice's to Wallensteins, wow, the breadth of available pipes is something like exciting to me. Go check them out right now and let me know what you pick up and how awesome your experience was. If you don't subscribe to my email newsletter or follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you really should do those things. I recently ran a two-day Halloween sale, and it was one of these surprise sales, so folks buying the mystery box still have no idea what they're getting, which I just love. Um, it's a limited number, and they all sold out very quickly. They'll all be receiving their boxes by Thanksgiving, so it's right around the corner. It's really fun, and it's an exciting way to keep folks engaged and guessing. The next blind sale will be on Black Friday, so be sure to either subscribe to my email newsletter by sending me an email with your full name to oli1 at mac.com or... Follow me on Instagram at OliPS3 or Twitter at Baron Oli. I can't tell you how many spots I'll have for the Black Friday sale, but it will be limited, and these sales tend to go very quickly. So don't forget, sign up now and be looking for that Black Friday sale. It's right around the corner. Good luck. The following podcast was recorded on August 18th, 2013. Sit back, grab a pipe, and stay a while. I hope you enjoy. On the line with us today, we have Gio from Geo Pipes. Um, Gio, it's great to have you here again. I'm really sorry about what happened before. Um, listeners out there, Gio and I, we recorded an entire podcast, and um, wonderful me somehow lost it in the ether. So, Gio, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to do it over and over and over again. <laughs> well, hopefully you won't have to, but <laughs> like Groundhog Day, but, you know, you never know. So <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's harder and harder to get time to do things, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start off with who is Geo? Tell me a little bit about yourself, your age, where you're from, family, pets, work, stuff like that. Uh, okay, sure. I'm... Uh... My name is, uh, well, Giovanni, and uh, everybody pretty much knows me as Gio because uh, Giovanni gets hard for people to pronounce and or forget. So uh, we go by Gio, and uh, yeah, I'm, I live in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm uh, 39 years old, and uh, I have a lovely wife and a lovely two-and-a-half-year-old boy and a cat, which is sleeping right next to me. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Uh, Misha. Misha. Oh, that's that's nice. That's lovely. How long have you had your cat? 
Uh, you know what? We got her as a stray. I don't exactly know how old she is, but we we saved her from a life of uh, eating mice and stuff like that. So she's happy and healthy, and she's about six. We've had her for about six years, and we got her as as a kitten. Still hard to determine how old she was. Well, that's sweet. Very very nice. I always like it when I hear uh, folks being able to rescue pets. We we have a rescue pup here, and actually a rescue cat too. So that's that's very good. Um, how long have you been married? Uh, now about going on around five years. And a, you said a two-year-old, correct? Yes. And what is his name? His name is Simone. Now, wow, what a beautiful name. What, um, <laughs> is, is, you're in Canada. Do, do the terrible twos actually happen in Canada or is it different? Though? <laughs> it's, you know, I think it happens worldwide. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's terrible. He's two and he's terrible right now, but it's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time. Keeps I, you it, on your toes, that's for sure. Yeah. It, you know, no matter what time it is, I found this out from people. I have two boys, obviously, um, who are now um, 8 and 10. But yeah. people always say, oh, that's a good age. But you know what? It's all a good age, no matter what. There's always some crazy, weird, different thing they're doing at different stages that just makes it awesome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he is doing things now that are annoying and uh, you know tough to deal with. But I'm sure that when he's eight and ten, they're going to be things that he does then that are going to be annoying. Oh, and tough sure. To deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's not like it's not really terrible twos. It's more like terrible whole life until <laughs> they're happy. With everything. But ha- in a happy way, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In a happy way. So when and how did you start smoking pipes? Well, I started smoking pipes about two and a half years ago. I always, I had an uncle who smoked a pipe and I was always fascinated with it. And, you know, as a child, we'd go to their house and at Christmas and stuff like that. And he'd be smoking and I'd always, you know, want, I'd always look forward to him smoking so I can hang around and smell it and just kind of, you know, watch him light it and stuff like that. And, um, and, and, and I guess as I got older, I just, one day was cruising on the internet and I, I saw that uh, young people were smoking pipes and I thought, well, you know, Hey, let's go out and buy a pipe. And I bought a pipe and I bought some horrible vanilla tobacco and, and, uh, and I still enjoyed the whole thing. You know, there's definitely something about that ritual. I think that when the younger generation or, or younger kids see an adult enjoying themselves, being quiet, being peaceful, and enjoying that time that they have with their pipe, there's something that that computes and, and says, you know, that is a good thing. That is a mellow, easygoing, that is a nice adult thing that they're doing, and I can't wait to do that. And it smells great, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I felt. I mean, this the whole the process, the, the noise that the matches made in the box and the strike and all that sort of stuff, that just, it was something that really appealed to me. And even then, you know, I didn't, then I, I knew. I mean, I know it's. I knew what smoking was, but just the whole experience, uh, you know, the sounds and all that sort of stuff too, just kind of appealed to me then. Yeah, and the wonderful thing is, it doesn't. It doesn't take you or I to romanticize pipe smoking. It just is a wonderful uh, thing that that kind of uh, does its own thing all by itself. It's it's it's, it's a wonderful thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, when did you carve your first pipe, and what was that like? Well, I carved my first pipe. So, um, okay, uh, I'd say about. I've now been making pipes, um, for about 
18 to 19 months and around there 19 months 18 19 months uh but i'd say about 20 months ago i was really slow at work and i thought well hey i'm not doing much and i you know i was kind of liked pipes and uh so i said let me try and make something and so i um kind of just a uh, carved a poker you know i had all the proper tools because i uh you know i was equipped for that and so i made myself uh, a poker and uh I sent it to um, – actually, because then I didn't even smoke, I don't think. Uh, so I, maybe I did. I don't remember. But I sent it to one of the YouTube members, and he he liked it. And ever since that day, um, i kind of been making pipes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, it's pretty mind-boggling to me that you've only been making pipes 18 or 19 months because they're, they're incredible. They're very beautiful. They're very well executed. And um, – I guess part of that, though, is all of the information you already had and all the tools you already had as a woodworker. Why don't you tell me about that? Because a lot of people, when you say, well, I was hanging out at my job and I had all the tools, <laughs> you know, that's that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So why, don't you tell well, me, why don't you tell me about that? Well, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, my job... <laughs> I was a uh, a Finnish woodworker. Now my fa- it's a family business. My dad was, you know, my dad did uh, woodworking and furniture building his whole life uh, when he came from Italy. Uh, when he was a child in Italy, and you know, he got taught in Italy, and then he came over here and he started his own business. And so uh, when I was of age, and I decided that um, uh, graphic design wasn't going to cut it, um, I decided to start working with my dad, and I thought I could, you know, see what was going on there. And uh, so I, I did finish carpentry for pretty much my whole life. It was my career up until, you know, just recently, um, you know, making furniture, fine, like, you know, fine furniture, doing, you know, finished carpentry in houses, molding and that sort of stuff like that. And that's, and that's where I, you know, gained all my skills, uh, you know, in, in, in using tools and just understanding stain, the process of staining wood and, and you know, properly sanding with the grain, and, and and just all those sort of finishing these small things that you know that are, are what make you know a pipe, you know, separates a pipe from an artisan pipe or from a factory made pipe. You know, just those those fine details, the kind of work that I did. I my dad just kind of you know in my head was you got to look at the fine details. You know, we weren't making, we weren't doing construction, we were doing fine carpentry. So that's just kind of where I. You know where it all came from. What does your dad think about you making pipes? <laughs> well, uh, every time I show him a pipe, he he loves it. He's like, "Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's fascinating." And and he he knows that I, I I'm I'm good at what I do. And and he's I think he now understands that um, the reason I can do what I do is because of him dealing with all my you know bitching and complaining when I was at work with him. So he I think he kind of appreciates them too now. And I think he's asked me several times to make him one, although he doesn't smoke. <laughs> I, I was about to say that. Does he? Does he smoke a pipe? But not. No, he doesn't smoke a pipe. It was his brother that smoked the pipe, and and I think it, it it's something that I'm going to do for him. Um, I'll, I'll I'll one day make a pipe for him. Hopefully soon. Is your uncle still around? <laughs> yes, he is. Have you made him? He, have you made him a pipe yet? No, he he doesn't smoke a pipe anymore. He does know what I do. He he loves what I you know he loves the things that I do and. And he's interested in buying one to help support, you know, but more than anything, because he does not smoke anything anymore. He may smoke the occasional cigar, but 
uh, not so much a pipe anymore. As far as pipes go, who were some of your early influences? Early influences, wow. That's a good question. It's really hard. Um, stuff, I guess early on, it was simple things. Uh, and I'm saying simple only in terms of shape. Like I, I looked at, you know, Jake Hackerts and I looked at Moretti and I looked at, uh, um, you know, Mario Grandi. These are things that, I, these are the first pipes that I seen you know, or what I started to get familiar with. So those were my first early influences. Um, you know, things have changed. <laughs> and how, how have they changed? Tell me about that. Uh, well, uh, now I'm looking at stuff, you know, uh, stuff from you know bonord let's say that's a bonord let's let's look at you know poolstead i'm looking at stuff from you know a lot of the tyler beard and and uh a lot of the american artisans you know grant baston and just stuff like that more fine you know more refined stuff i would have to say because your influences have changed, would you say that your style has also changed from when you started until now? I would have to say yes. And in what way do you think it's changed? I guess start I you know what? Starting to understand uh the way the briar kind of shows itself to me has has kind of changed the way I, you know, make pipes now. I, I before I would choose a shape and I would make that shape, you know, regardless of if, I mean, not even you know, being completely ignorant of of grain and all that, uh, I, I would just make the shape. And now I um, I create the shape around how I feel that this particular block of briar speaks to me, and and you know. And, that's pretty much how things have changed. It's kind of a radical change, I guess. Yeah, it's it's definitely a big change, and and um, I think that I hear something very similar from other carvers moving away from "I'm going to make this shape" to "Let's see what the wood has to say." Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what's going on right now. Did you have mentors along the way? Uh, no, I, 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 I mean, in the two years that I've been making, you know, in the 18 months, 19 months in and around there that I've been making pipes or been in the, you know, I haven't spoken, I, I, I don't, I haven't spoken to any pipe makers. I mean, I, I've met one pipe maker, Michael Parks, who's a Canadian pipe maker, great pipe maker in his own right. And he's one of the only ones I've ever spoken to. Uh, and, uh, so I don't have a lot of direct contact with any pipe makers at all. Although I wish I did. Wow, that's it's great that you've been able to move so quickly and so far um, in that kind of isolation. Um, how are your pipes marked, and are they graded? Right now, they're 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 marked with a stamp, uh, just a simple stamp. Uh, you know, my name, Giovanni, and then handmade, and it's got the uh, the Canadian beaver in the middle of the oval stamp. I haven't done any grading yet. Uh, most of my pipes are pretty much all graded the same. I, I don't do any blasting or, or rustication because right now I'm I've I've got a pretty good selection of briar that's you know hardly no you know no pits and hardly any fissures. And if I do enc- encounter uh, you know a, a pit or a fissure that I don't like, I pretty much just <laughs> I just throw out the briar. <laughs> I don't even bother with it. 
What would you say is the most enjoyable part about pipe making for you? Uh, there are two things that really make pipe making happy or happy for me. Uh, one is just the process of creating something. Just that process alone really is enjoyable. And the other thing is, is seeing how much other people enjoy what you've made for them. That's what makes pipe, pipe making for me like amazing. Yeah, the the interaction um, between the materials is one thing to to take something that is a a block and eventually create something out of it that is not just a a piece of art but is also a wonderful functional tool. But besides all that, like you're saying, um, to have someone on the other end of this accept that art and that tool and enjoy it is. Um, makes it all even that much more worthwhile. Absolutely. Is there a part specifically about pipe making that you're like, yeah, I can't wait to do this specific part of it? Is it (laughs) shaping or do you just absolutely go crazy about loving stem work or uh, when you get into coloring, any of that that stands out more than others? Yeah, oddly – I think I've heard of a few guys who actually really enjoy making stems, and I, it's one of the things I really enjoy doing. I enjoy doing button work for some reason. I just I, I don't know why. It's just really weird. I, I enjoy doing stems. I know a lot of guys don't like making stems. You know, it's one of the things I enjoy. That and of course the initial shaping of the pipe. Those are the things that really. You know, stem- I used to absolutely um, fear working on a hand cut stem and it used to be something that I did not look forward to because it's so easy to screw up absolutely <laughs> um and I absolutely love it now I've I've done a few things differently and I absolutely look forward to it and can't get enough of it so um you know you can folks can change over time you know my my saddest state of of not looking forward to that stem work thankfully has has changed and i find it really interesting that that you gravitate towards saying that that you love to work on the button because so many people are afraid of it and it's it's tough work it is tough going you know it's uh it's it's something that you've got to take a lot of care in because you know, someone is going to immediately be able to tell whether they like the way it feels or not within moments. And yeah. so if you if you do something the wrong way, not only can you just absolutely obliterate everything you've been working on for a very long time, um, if you do it the wrong way, you could make it something less enjoyable than it than it could be. So that's awesome that that you focus on stems. I don't yeah. get a whole lot of folks saying that, so that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, there's something exhilarating about the shape, uh, you know, shaping a pipe. But uh, n- knowing that you know your your piece, you know, you can separate yourself from other work, you know, from other makers by just simply focusing, you know, putting a lot of attention and a lot of detail into into the button and. Well, I don't know. I, you know, like you, I, I, I didn't care for it before, but now that I, I see that, um, you know, 
high grade pipes, you know, a lot a lot of those guys really put a lot of especially the Russians put a lot of you know detail and a lot of work into just making the perfect button and that's that's kind of one of the things that I, I I'm leaning towards is really focusing on the small details stuff like that it separates you you know how do you start your pipe making process do you start on paper or on, on right on the block or something else um for more traditional shapes I you know I'll draw out a lot of pipes I'll just draw on paper a lot of different designs and stuff like that. And then um, for more traditional shapes, I'll just draw straight on the block, like for a classic or a Dublin or a billiard or something like that. I'll just draw straight on the block because I kind of know where I'm going. Just as long as I select the block with the proper orientation, you know, we, I'll just go out and draw it on that. And for the stuff that, uh, you know, more flamboyant stuff, I, I'll draw it out and then I will, you know, see if I can find a block that it works with. And if not, I uh, find another one that it will work on. Do you do commissions? I do commissions. I started doing a lot of commissions. I was doing a lot of commissions when I first started pipe making. Uh, now that I have, you know, retailers, tons of retailers knocking on the doors, it's getting harder to do commissions. It's really getting harder. But I try to find my, I try to find time to do at least, you know, one commission every two weeks, um, because I'm just so rammed with um, that sort of stuff now. Like, so you have you have quite a list, I would guess, of commissions going on yeah. that you try to squeeze in between your your retail orders. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. That's exactly what goes on. Uh, I like I, I I try to squeeze in, you know, uh, I guess the rough shaping or something, or you know, rough shaping and a stem work of uh, of um, one commission every you know couple of weeks, week and a half, and. Uh, it's it's just like I said, it gets tougher and tougher to do commissions. Although you know, I mean, it's 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 rewarding to do commissions. That's for sure. Have you ever made a pipe that was really hard to let go? Um, uh, I yeah, there's a, there are a few pipes that I I make that I, I look at and I say, well, this is. Maybe not hard to let go, but where I say, well, this is, I've hit a milestone here. This is, you know, something that I haven't done. And now that I've done, it, I've done real well. And I'm thinking it's something I could keep, but, you know, I guess someone else would probably enjoy it maybe more than I will. You know, they are made to smoke. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What particular shape of pipe do you like to smoke? And do you find that you make more of that shape? You know, I I smoke traditionally straight billiards or a love it or stuff classic shapes, you know, really classic shapes. But I I mean making them is not, you know, as enjoyable as smoking them. I I I tend to make more flamboyant shapes, something. I mean, I wouldn't say flamboyant, but you know, something out of, you know, the realm of Classic, that's for sure. You tend to smoke more traditional shapes. Yes. But you tend to not make more traditional shapes. Yeah. I, I enjoyed, I guess, I mean, as challenging, people may or may not know, but classic shapes are challenging to make properly. I mean, you can make a Dublin or you can make a billiard, but uh, having it properly proportioned is what make it you know, a Dublin or a billiard. So 
those are you know hard to make, but I enjoy the challenge of making the more I guess elaborately shaped stuff. What are some of your favorite tobaccos right now? I had this conversation with a friend of mine and and I've tried tons. I mean we all do. I mean every all pipe smokers, you know, we we I would call us hoarders, we hoard just a ton of tobaccos. But my favorite and probably it may be cliche, but it's it it's hard to fight. Uh, I, I enjoy Penzance. If there was one tobacco that I can load every day that I I never am disappointed with, it's Penzance. That's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what's, what's number two on your list? Uh, number two on my list. Uh, uh, you know, one is number one is is Penzance, and number two is pretty much anything else that I have. <laughs> only it, only because I can I'll enjoy anything else, but I won't enjoy anything else as much as I enjoy number one. So, All right, so so Penzance matters, and the rest, you know, whatever. Yeah, and the rest are kind of <laughs> just there. <laughs> Is that so, bad? I don't know. <laughs> they're playing. They're playing backup. Okay. Yeah. Um, are there a couple pipes that you regularly smoke more than others? Yeah, there's uh. There's, I have, <laughs> should I, I don't know, should I say it? I'm, I'm not really promoting artisan pipes if I say it, but anyways, I, I smoke a, a, and I'm being honest, I smoke a, a basket pipe that I received for free. It's a small, really small, classic apple shape um, that uh, one of my friends got in an antique store, and it's turned out to be one of my, I mean, it's one of my favorite smokers. It's I, I just love it. I can't that, and I smoke a Asquith, uh, a Liverpool. It's a Morda, and that's my. It's one of my favorite smokes. Excellent. That's, <laughs> that's very interesting. I, I have a basket pipe my wife gave me years and years and years ago um, that I actually use out in in the lab, out in the shop for mm-hmm. experiments, and I smoke it regularly um, while I'm out there as well. So it's it's seen its fair share of all kinds. Yeah, <laughs> uh, of things, but it's you know it's a great little companion that never minds getting beat up. So it's oh. you know it's always a good friend to have around. Yeah, it never fails me. I can load it with whatever I want, mostly Latakia, but it it it's always singing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, what's coming up in your workshop that you're really excited about? Um. Okay. Uh. I. I. Think I'm gonna be getting a retailer in Seoul, Korea, right now. Nice. I think there's a. Uh, it's in the works. Uh, it's nothing's you know carved in stone, but there's been a. Uh, um, I guess a request for my pipes in a shop in Seoul, Korea. Very cool. Yeah. That's pretty. That's I mean that and you know the regular. Pipes coming out at uh, pipes2smoke.com and the Danish Pipe Shop. The Danish Pipe Shop will be getting, uh, I guess, five or six pipes, you know, by, I guess, in about two weeks, something like that. Anything on on the bench that's that's uh, stands out to you right now? Uh, yeah, I've got a bullfrog uh, reverse calabash that I, I I'm I'm excited about, and I also got a. Uh, a, a variation on my guppy and my minnow, which is called the tadpole. Tell, uh, me, tell me about your naming process. I like this. Very interesting. Uh, 
I, it's kind of funny. I, I, I don't really know why. I think the first time I did the shape, I called it the guppy. Um, just kind of, it kind of felt like it flowed and it moved like a, like a guppy, you know, like a fish. And, and, and then I think it's stuck and a lot of people kind of like it. And I, I get a lot of people wanting a guppy. Uh, and then I did one that was, you know, I think it was a slightly smaller bowl, but a bigger tail. And I called it a, a, uh, the, uh, the minnow. And now I've got the tadpole, which is a variation, you know, it's, I look at it now and I'm like, that is a tadpole, you know, it's got a big head with a long skinny tail. <laughs> so <laughs> just, that's kind of what happened. I don't know. That's great. Did you, did you ever keep freshwater fish ever keep any guppies? <laughs> no, I, I didn't No. You know, growing up, not a fish person growing up, we had a, a, uh, a fish tank with some freshwater fish in it and we oh. had guppies. And I remember, um, somebody telling me at some point that the you know the fancy tailed ones are the males and the rather plain boring ones were the females and i thought wow that's that's really interesting okay dudes like do your <laughs> do your thing man that's that's cool yeah. <laughs> um okay so that's a little sidetrack but anyway uh tell me one thing about yourself that most people probably don't know or would never guess uh yeah i uh okay uh, I would say that that they don't know. Most people wouldn't know this unless they've actually, you know, more of a one-on-one basis. But most people don't know that I played soccer at a fairly high level here in Canada um, as a goalkeeper, which is even the most oddly uh, positions for me to play, just because I, uh, you know, it's just, you know, there's only two goalies on a team, so it's it's weird that the one person that I know is a goalie. The one person that they know, may know or not know is a goalie. So yeah, I play goalie on a, you know, at a fairly high level here in Canada. Wow! And and how long did you do that? Uh, as long as I can remember, my whole life I still play soccer. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, do you still play at that level? No, no. Unfortunately, if I was, I, I I'm not at that level anymore. I wish I was. Well, if I was, I wouldn't be making pipes, and that would be the bad part. So what? <laughs> what? Um, how old were you when you first started playing soccer? I probably started playing soccer when I was around five, around five. Yeah, I think about five years old. And you still play now, but at, at what point did you stop um, the high level? Like, uh, Probably, I'd say in... I would... This is a, it's hard to remember back so long because I am 39 right now. I would say that uh, playing at the highest level that I played, I haven't played since I was about, uh, let's say, 26. Um, you know, I mean, and in soccer, if you're not already playing somewhere, you know, in Europe when you're 26, it's, you know, you're, you're not really going to go much further than that. You're not, not here in Canada anyway, so... So by, uh, by the age of 16, 7, 15, 16, even 14, even 13, some kids are already been recruited to play at, you know, in Europe. England. What is something about – I used to play soccer a, a lot up until about high school, and then I realized that everybody was a lot better than me and that I had really better stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – and I actually played goalie for a couple of years. Okay. Tell, me, tell me a tip that, that people would not – guess that that is a really good thing for goalies to know about oh geez um 
Like, do almost all shots go right or, you know, something like that? No. Uh, no, it's... Yeah. I would say that most, uh, most uh, I guess, right-footers will go for, you know, top left. <laughs> that's a, that's if you're in a penalty shot position, if you're the goalie and so, and, and a right footer's taking a penalty shot, there's a good chance it's either going to go bottom bottom right or top left. And and since those are worlds apart. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It, the way the body leans, bottom left is easier is easy and that you know then top 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 I guess uh top right. So it's just weird, but it seems that way. What were what was one of the best saves you've ever made? Oh, hmm. Uh, <laughs> I know there's got to be one that you can look back in your glory days and be like, "All right, all right, this was amazing." Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few. I played a lot of soccer, so there's a few. There's a there's a there's a, a few saves that I I look back and say, "Wow!" But I just remember. Uh, one, one, you know, one game where I guess I was pretty much on fire and, and I, I could stop anything coming at me, but, um, you know, just a ball, a, a you know, a fairly long shot, but it was, you know, headed for the top corner and I was able to, to get there. And I, and, and I guess this whole thing sticks out of my mind more than any, because after the game, I got a radio interview. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, what kind of what kind of club do you play in now? Uh, now I play in uh, you know just a, a friendly. Uh, I play in several different leagues in, at one time. So I play with a friendly co-ed league, men, you know, guys and girls, and then I play in a more um, competitive uh, uh, men's league, you know, thirty-five and under. Even though I'm older than that, <laughs> but uh, uh, and and it's it's you know it's fun, but it's 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 much more competitive than the than the than the you know the co-ed which which oddly enough i i enjoy now quite a bit you know i mean you ever, you ever find yourself get a little too competitive sometimes in the non-competitive game when you're like you know yelling at people and hitting them and stuff <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't hit people it's the, i'm in canada but it's not hockey uh no you know i uh i uh i'm pretty competitive but uh, you know, I, I recognize when it's for fun, and and as I got older, I I, I already started to understand that you know it's it's I, I played for too long in a competitive at a competitive level where everything was tough and it's really stressful. So when it was when it was time for fun, I I I knew I knew where I knew where the line was, and I played for fun. You know? But isn't the non-competitive league not enough for you? I mean, are you are you sitting back there smoking a pipe? <laughs> yeah, like, like bouncing all the balls off like without a problem be like whatever uh, i gotta it's... relight my ball whatever guys yeah uh, you know i mean yeah sometimes it's frustrating to to you know just to just to play it at a low level it, it, it does get frustrating but you know it like i said i just it i recognize that now it's just for fun, so. And I guess you get to balance it out with the other league too. Yeah, I mean, playing on like two other teams at the same time, it it it, it you know gives me that the competitive side. And now I know your son's only only two, but is, is he already a soccer player? 
Uh, no, he's far from it. He, uh, I think he's, he's more like, uh, a throw the ball wherever it goes player. <laughs> but you've already bought him a soccer ball and, and. Oh God. Yeah. He's got, right? he's got soccer ball. He's got, you know, he's all ready for that. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> not, he's all ready for it, but we're ready for him, but we're, he's not ready for it. As far as, um, world cup goes, who, who do you usually root for? Well, I'm Italian. <laughs> and Canada, and Canada never makes it anywhere. So if they were ever to miraculously get anywhere in the World Cup standings, uh, I, I'll root for them. But uh, first and foremost, uh, Italy. You know that people in Canada are going to hear this, right? Yeah. Well, you know, they all know. Hey, it's no secret that they've, they've got a horrible soccer team. <laughs> I think the good news is that they're a relatively nice country, so they won't boot you out. Now, somewhere yeah. else... You know, <laughs> yeah, they may actually kick you out, but they're pretty yeah. nice up there is what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you're not working on pipes and you're not playing soccer, um, what else do you like to do? Uh, I, uh, I, ride a, I ride a bike. I ride a bike quite a bit. That's right. You were telling me that. Tell me about the kind of bike riding you do. Uh well, I do, uh, you know, I do all kinds of bike riding. I, I used to ride my bike to work every day. It's, uh, you know, 50, it's about 60 kilometers every day when I used to ride to work. And, um, you know, now that I'm not, I, I work in at home from home. I, I don't have to do that, but uh, I still ride my bike every day to the gym. And, you know, I ride my bike to do everyday chores and, and I've done like, I've done tons of long distance rides, you know, uh, 200 kilometers in, the, in a day in and around there. Wow. Yeah. Close you to that, st- you still do quite a bit of, of biking. <laughs> yeah, I still do quite a bit of biking. Although I've been, I recently was in a bicycle accident, and and my in my prize and you know my prize possession bike got destroyed. So, oh man, how did that happen? Uh, I was I was <laughs> I was riding to the gym, and uh, and some some man uh gentleman didn't see me as he was pulling out of a laneway in you know city streets so i live in the city and and he was pulling out of a laneway turning left as i was going through the intersection and he uh he pulled out just in front of me and i couldn't do anything but slam into him and so cracked my frame and cracked my wheels and uh, my bike is destroyed so any, any injuries bodily injuries no, I wow. No, I, I didn't get hurt at all. I was perfectly fine. I mean, I was ready to I was almost ready to just, you know, give him shit, get up and leave. But uh it didn't happen that way and and you know, there was a lot of people around uh while it happened and they forced me to sit down and just kind of settle down, but uh and I wasn't angry or anything. I was just wanted to let the, you know, give the guy a piece of my mind, but uh how did he take it? He he was sorry that it happened and he just he admitted that he didn't see me and he wasn't paying attention to that direction so you know i mean in the end the police came did a you know did a report and and then uh i got uh my uh i guess uh you know my retribution through his insurance company let's say but the most important question of all is did you keep smoking the pipe throughout the entire <laughs> process and what i need you to say is yes so that this becomes an amazing story for <laughs> yes. everyone to hear, yes. and regardless of whether it's true or not. Yeah. Uh, no, the pipe, I, I kept the pipe firmly clenched in jaw, and it was still lit while I was on the floor. No tobacco left the pipe at not all. Not at I, all. Am I right? No, I, I, did a, a quick tam- I did a quick tamp, 
prior to being hit by the car. So I made sure everything was down. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how amazing Geo is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Geo, where can we purchase your wonderful pipes? Uh, well, uh, like I said, uh, commissions, you can email me and, uh, well, you can email me at geopipesbygiovanni at gmail.com or, uh, you can uh, head to the danishpipeshop.com or, um, the, uh, pipestosmoke.com and there's also thebriarpipe.com and, and soon a, uh, location in Seoul, Korea. Excellent. Hopefully. So if you happen to be listening to this in Korea... Shoot yeah. one of us an email, and we will we will uh, hook you up with that distributor. Geo, it's been great to talk with you for this this um, doppelganger of a uh, podcast. Thank you very much. For, that was a pleasure for uh, coming back and doing this all over again. And I, I promise this is the last time. Though I may call <laughs> you um, at least on April Fool's Day next year and say, Geo, I can't I can't believe this. No, I'm kidding. Um, no thank problem. You, thank you very much for. Thank you for uh, having me. I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. Absolutely, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you soon, pal. Ciao. Bye. And that was my chat with Geo. Not just a nice guy, but one heck of a pipe maker. One of my IG pals that I got to meet in Vegas, Legion, was at the West Coast Pipe Show helping Geo out by selling his pipes as well as some really cool Geo shirts. If you haven't seen them, go check them out. They're black and white. And, you know, they have this kind of um, Day of the Dead sugar skulls motif. And when I saw them, I just had to have one. But here's why. There are four different skulls on the shirt. And given they're all really nice, they're all really interesting, they're all really neat, very well done. But one of them is a Mountie, since Geo is Canadian. And I died laughing when I saw that. It was just too perfect. And I, I, that's... That's just rich. That is just good stuff. So go experience a geopipe and grab a shirt too. You simply cannot go wrong with a geopipe and with one of these awesome shirts. Go check it out. Don't forget this podcast made possible by cupofjoes.com. Did you see the article on Cup of Joes in the fall edition of PNT? Happens to be the fall edition 2013 wherein one of my monstrosities is right there on the cover. Go check it out, but don't stop there. Find your next pipe, no matter what style you're looking for, over at cupofjoes.com. You will be glad you did, I promise you that. And hey, let me know what you got. This is Oli for oompal.com, wishing you very good luck deciding which geopipe will be next in your collection. Mm-hmm.